my friend Ellis Taylor is coming to speak. Ellis was a uh, pastor in Tacoma. He led speaking missions, the Union Gospel Mission, and he pastored in Indonesia. But I think Tacoma was more dangerous than Indonesia. So he's going to share. Thanks. <laughs> it's true. So true. Good morning, True Grace. How are you? Good. It's so good to see you. It's good to be here with you. I've been coming to True Grace for a couple years. I'm, I think we're working on four years, three or four years, somewhere in there right now. This is our home. We love it. These are our people. You're our people. And uh, if you don't have a place that ha you have people, this is a good spot to be. Uh, like Peter said, uh, I've been pastor at other places. But this last year, I did this career 180. I uh, kind of gave it up and tried to do something different. So I, I work now for the Department of Transportation. Essentially, I basically mixed minuscule amounts of dirt or water with dirt to a peanut buttery consistency all day long. <laughs> it's great. I get to uh, uh, do that for the state, and you can thank me for all of the uh, bridges that stay standing, right? <laughs> but thankfully, today we are not going to talk about dirt. Sorry to disappoint you. This morning, we are in the second week of our two-week, uh, or our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Last week, Pastor Peter talked about love. He picked the first and most uh, uh, best one. Um, I loved it. If you don't, if you didn't hear it, you can uh, check it out on the website or a podcast. You know True Grace has a podcast? Yeah, you can, if that's how you consume your information, you can catch up on there. But love is the first one mentioned in Galatians chapter 5. But this week, we are going to skip near the end of that list, and we're going to talk about gentleness. Gentleness. How many of you like pizza? I love pizza. I think there isn't a person that doesn't love pizza. A couple weeks ago, I had the most amazing pizza I've had in my life. We were on holiday with some good friends of ours sitting right here in the front row, and it was my son Isaac's 15th birthday. Happy birthday, Isaac. And he wanted to go out for eat, to eat, so we went to this pizza place. I am telling you, Vecino's Napoleon wood-fired pizza in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho is to die for. There was some pizza there that I have never had. I've eaten pizza a lot in my life. This was top-notch Best one, too. I, my friends are shaking their head on the front row. It was amazing. One of them was sausage, jalapenos, which we had uh, today. But the surprising ingredient that I would have never, ever put on pizza was honey. Honey. I'm telling you, those things together sound so crazy that you put them together. But I am telling you, uh, all three of those things together sound, were so amazing. It was like a, an explosion of flavor in your, your mouth. All those things were way better than anything individual. Another pizza that they had was apricot and mar mascarpone cheese on it. It was delightful. And the crust, oh, the crust was good. We ate a lot, but we, uh, uh, we ordered a lot of pizza, but we ate all of it. It was all gone by the end of it. And it might be the trip worth to go out there just to see it. But the reason I bring up pizza is because it's a good illustration of what we're going to talk about today, the fruit of the Spirit. Notice that word fruit. It's singular. It's not plural. 
Just like you can't have one ingredient in a pizza, you can't have one character trait called the fruit of the Spirit. They all work together. They overlap. They interplay. They pile up on top of each other, and they produce something that's exponentially more than all of those ingredients individually. You know someone has the fruit of the Spirit when all of these descriptive words are present. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, the one we're talking about this morning, gentleness, and finally, I think the hard one, self-control. That's what the fruit tastes like in someone's life. Now, I have a question for all of you. What would you say the average American's version of the fruit of the Spirit is? What traits do they value and what traits do they cultivate? I'm going to offer some of my guesses. You think about your own. Some might say ambitious or intelligent, funny, definitely funny. Funny would be on that list. Talented, authentic, confident, kind might even be on the list. Maybe good-looking or rich. Those might make it to the list. Doesn't this sound like somebody's bio on a dating app? Any single people here taking notes, right? But I'm guessing that gentleness wouldn't make anyone's list. That's probably because, if we're honest, we think gentleness is weakness, don't we? In fact, in some translations of the Bible, gentleness is translated as meekness, and that sounds even worse. Who wants to be thought of as meek? Those are the losers. Those are the last. Meek is weak, right? Hmm. Or is it? Did you know that the most famous sermon in history called the Sermon on the Mount, who was given by Jesus, who, by the way, was also the Son of God, he said this, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Wait, what? They're going to inherit the earth? If this was a YouTube video, there'd be a, like a record scratch right there or a screeching tire sound effect that goes along with it. They will inherit the earth? In fact, they kind of sound like the winners. The last ones standing, the strong ones, they will inherit the earth. Could it be possible that our modern-day values, we've misunderstood gentleness? Could it be that we live in the stranger things world and we've gotten the real world upside down instead of right side up? Because if you watch TV or Facebook or any social media, it seems like we think the winners are the ones who can shout the loudest, who do the most damage, sling the best insult, always have the last word, the best mic drop, be the most self-righteous about whatever seems to be the most popular issue at the time. The Apostle Paul, some 2,000 years ago, gave us a pretty good description of America in 2020. And I want to read this portion of scripture out of Galatians chapter 5, but I'm going to read it out of the message. Some of you might be familiar with this, but I'm going to pick a different version just to put it in a different way. So here's the message version of Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and see if it describes our culture. 
and I'm going to read it a little slow. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, an all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to, be, to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, an ugly parody of community. Wow. Wow. Does that sound familiar? Millions of people today live like that, trapped, grabbing and stepping on people, villainizing everyone, numbing themselves, chasing after what they think will make them happy. But Paul says, and Jesus says, hold on, wait a second. You guys might have it backwards. The last will be first. The way up is down. The meek will inherit the earth. Do you want to win the whole show? Do you want to change your world? Then become gentle. So this morning, I want to talk about the power of gentleness because I think that's what this world needs. And they need to experience it. And I don't think there's another place that they can get it than from us. They need to get a glimpse of the kind of life that's possible when we stop being led by what the Bible calls the works of the flesh and start experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. Because maybe, maybe God wants to change the world. Maybe he wants to change your world or your life. We can do it, but we can only do it through gentleness. Are you smelling the pizza I'm trying to cook this morning? <laughs> Let's talk about it. But first, I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that your gentleness would come through today. That it has the power to transform in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So this morning, I want to answer three questions in relation to gentleness. First, what is it? Second, how does it change the world? And third, how do I get it? First, what is it? How does it change the world? And how do I get it? First, what is it? Let's talk first about what it's not. What it's not is being a pushover or a doormat. It doesn't always mean passivity and never making your opinion known. It's not weakness or cowardice. Now, what is it? I came across this definition, and I think it's a good one. It says this, gentleness is strength under control. Gentleness is strength under control. The Greek word in the Bible, the text that it uses, is protes, protes. Uh, I have an Instagram, uh, Instagram account, 
and occasionally, on a rare occasion, I go through and scroll through it and see what's going on. I actually don't post anything there. I'm kind of a, a lurker. I just stand there and watch everything that goes by. Any other lurkers out there? Yeah. So I'm a, I scroll, and they, they have this software that uh, notices when I stop on a post. And uh, every time I stop, I consume, because that's exactly, this is what I'm here for. And the posts that I always stop on are horses. Horses. I don't know about you, but horses are fascinating. They're amazing. Just the amount of strength some of these horses that walk out, these Arabian horses, and they are beautiful. They're sleek. They have a shininess to their coat. I'm sure people, women um, are, are, wish their hair looked like that. It was amazing, amazing. But you see them trotting, and it looks like they're using 1% of the actual strength that they have. Or a barrel riding horse where they're shooting off around side of a barrel and coming back and stopping on a dime. They're just an amazing animal. And every time I'm on uh, Instagram, I watch horse videos because that's what it gives me. It gives me horse videos. That Greek word, protes, is used to refer to a wild stallion that's been tamed. Now that's the opposite of weakness, isn't it? There's incredible power and strength and endurance in a stallion, but it's been tamed so that it can be useful to its master. Another image, another uh, way to think about this word protest or, or gentleness is a sword, but a sword that is in its sheath. The strength is there and the power of the sword is there, but it's sheathed to be used appropriately at the right time and for good. A gentle man or a gentle woman is someone who isn't driven out, uh, driven by out-of-control emotions. They don't fly off the handle every little thing. If their order gets messed up, they don't go into a rampage. They don't try and overpower people with their superior intellect or a flurry of words. They don't cut people down. They don't use truth as a weapon. They use truth as a salve. Have you ever experienced, had an experience of someone being rude or disrespectful? How do you respond? If you've been there, you know how hard it is to be gentle with someone who's rude or disrespectful. It takes strength, doesn't it? It takes incredible power and control to be in control of your emotions and your responses. It's the weak who react and are rude and pushy and mean. A gentle man or gentle woman is someone who has incredible strength and knows how to wield their power to help, not to hurt. So first, gentleness is strength under control. Now, how does it change the world? I'm going to throw out some names, some names that you'll probably recognize. George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Mother Teresa, Gandhi, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King. You recognize all those people. The reason you recognize them is because they've changed the world in a significant way for the better. People who showed tremendous courage in moments of intense pressure, and yet all of them were also known for their gentleness How does gentleness change the world? 
There's many ways, but I'm going to talk about four today. Gentleness, first uh, one, is gentleness has the power to diffuse conflict. It has the power to diffuse conflict. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. If you've ever found yourself in the midst of a heated conflict, doesn't matter with a stranger or with your spouse, here's a simple thing that will change and save you. When other people raise their voices, lower yours. Just simply lower your voice. That's all. I got that from Rick Warren. Good stuff. A psychologist would say the exact same thing because it's true. It's human nature to mirror someone's feelings. That's why if you're around someone who's depressed all the time, you're going to feel depressed. You're around someone who's angry all the time or a social media feed that's angry all the time, you're going to start to feel angry. The same principle works for gentleness. It takes the steam out of a situation. Think about it. The most powerful weapon in the world can't diffuse anger, but gentleness can. That's powerful, and that can change the world. That's the first one. Second, gentleness is persuasive. Have you ever met somebody who's really trying hard to sell you something? I don't know about you, but my immediate reaction is to back away. And the harder they try, the more determined I am not to buy whatever it is. My favorite way to buy something isn't the hard sell. It's the referral from a friend. That's right. And why is that? Because it's a gentle approach. Proverbs 25, 15 says, be patient and calm. Uh, By patience and a calm uh, spirit, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft and gentle tongue breaks the bone of resistance. That doesn't sound weak, does it? Are there any parents here? I'm one. When you're disciplining your kid, you know what works better than anger? Patience, a calm spirit, and a gentle tongue. Anger creates fear, resentment, and defensiveness, but gentleness persuades. Proverbs 16.21 says, The wise are known for their understanding, and the pleasant words are persuasive. It doesn't matter if it's with your boss, your kids, your employee, or your spouse. Gentle words are persuasive, and persuasiveness is powerful. If you can be persuasive, then you can change the world. That's number two. Number three, gentleness earns respect. The other day I came across this story, an article about Keanu Reeves. You know Keanu Reeves, right? The Matrix guy. He's done a lot of other movies, some I've seen, some I haven't. But he was at the airport uh, at the luggage claim, and he was waiting for his luggage like every other person on the planet. And this little kid comes up to him. And he wants to get his autograph, and he starts talking to him and ask him all these questions. I'm sure Keanu Reeves has places to go and people to, to see. He's a famous movie star, for heaven's sakes. But he spends 10 minutes talking to this kid at the baggage claim in the airport, answering all of his questions and giving him his autograph. There's this one little detail in the story that stood out to me because I think it's really cool. Apparently, the kid asked him, If he'd been to the Grand Prix in Texas, 
That's how the kid pronounced it, the Grand Prix. Keanu Reeves didn't correct him, didn't make him feel stupid. He just kept talking to him. They talked all about the Grand Prix. I bet that kid felt like a million bucks. What is that? That's gentleness. Gentleness. That's someone who has all the power in that situation and blesses somebody with no power. It earns respect, doesn't it? If, you're, uh, um, if you have the respect of people, you know what you are? You're a leader. One of the greatest leaders we see from the Bible was a man named Moses. In Numbers 12.3, it says this about him. Now, the man Moses was very meek. There's that word again. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Meek. This guy that stood, stood down an entire Egyptian army who led the Israelites out of slavery. He was described as gentle. A leader who is gentle earns respect. And a leader like that is powerful. They can change the world. Number four, gentleness is a witness to unbelievers. If you're a gentle person in today's world, you will stand out. People are going to want to know what you're about and what makes you so different, especially when you're under pressure. Anyone feel under pressure this last couple years? That's your moment. When people see you respond with gentleness, that's incredibly powerful because it's so rare. It takes tremendous strength under control. When Paul was writing to the church leader, uh, Titus, he tells him to remind the church that they must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Are you hearing me, church? Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. It's that word everyone that's kind of pesky, isn't it? It means that we need to be gentle even to the people in the other party, even to the people you have a quarrel with, even the ones that make you uncomfortable. The Bible says to be gentle with them. It doesn't mean you compromise, and it, it means that you're prepared to give an answer, but do it with gentleness and respect. If you're that kind of witness, that's powerful. That can change the world. The ultimate example of this, of course, is Jesus. Jesus didn't use any of the ways that we think of to accrue power. He never held a political office. He never had the right people endorse him. He never led an army. He, he didn't have wealth. He never wrote a book. And yet no one changed the world more than Jesus. And here we are today. In fact, there are more followers of Jesus than any other single movement in all of human history. Jesus says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says this, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Does that sound good to anyone? All authority had been given to Jesus. He could say one word and a legion of demons would flee. He could heal the sick. He could raise a man from the dead. 
He had all the power, all wisdom, all authority. And what does he do with it? He uses it on your behalf and mine. He laid down his life in order to save ours. So powerful, so beautiful, and so gentle. You know why Jesus was like that? Because his father is like that. In 1 Kings 19, God came to speak to the prophet Elijah up on a mountain. And he passed Elijah. And when he passed him, a mighty windstorm hit the mountain and rocks started to fall down. An earthquake came. And then a raging fire. But God wasn't in any of them. After the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's where Elijah met God. In a whisper. That is an extreme example of gentleness. All the power God revealed in a gentle whisper. Have you been looking for God in all the wrong places? He often shows up in our life where we least expect it. Maybe even in a whisper. I don't know why you came this morning. Maybe you're striving with everything that you've got to change whatever predicament you find yourself in. You're trying to move up a ladder, make a name for yourself, make your family happy. I don't know what, but I do know this. I know God's kingdom appears upside down when compared to the kingdoms of this world. When compared to the kingdoms of our own lives, the creator of the windstorm chooses to make himself known in a whisper. An all-powerful God chooses to be born a helpless baby. Jesus conquering death by going through it. The way up is down, the last will be first, the meek inherit the earth. Oh, true grace, the superb, the remarkable, the marvelous power of gentleness. The only way to get it is in combination with all the other fruits of the Spirit. It's when God lives in you. That's the only way you can get it. You can't manufacture it. You can't produce it. It has to be cultivated and grown slowly over time by staying connected to Jesus, by spending time with the gardener. Do you want the power of gentleness to change your world and your life? Then ask the Holy Spirit to dwell with you and in you, and it will produce the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. And along with it, will come all the others, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and Lord, help us with self-control. And when the world sees God's fruit in your life, it changes you and it changes them and it changes the world. So what are you gonna do this week to cultivate gentleness? You're going to grit your teeth in response with kindness when someone's rude? Sure, you should do that. But even more important than that, spend time 
with a spirit who grows good fruit in us. You can't get it anywhere else, and you certainly can't manufacture it under your own power. I'm going to give you some homework for the, this next week. Is that okay? Here's your homework. Read the Gospel of John. Anywhere in the Gospel of John. Because when you read it, you see Jesus, the perfect embodiment of the fruit of the Spirit. And it tastes amazing. Like an explosion of fruity flavors. It's beautiful. So read it. Let God whisper to you and then whisper back and ask him to produce that fruit in you. And then, over time, watch the sweet gentleness come out of you like a spring that never runs dry with power that you never thought possible. The power of gentleness. Spirit, would you do that in us? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray over my brothers and sisters the power of the Spirit, and with it, may you bring gentleness to all of us. Uncharacteristically in our own lives, Lord God, I pray the Spirit of God, over time as you do your work in our lives, I pray that gentleness would be the result. It would be the fruit that comes out of our lives. It would do such a good work in us that no matter what circumstance we come across, no matter what rude person, no matter what injustice we come, that God, we find a way, just like you did, to respond with gentleness. And God, when you do that in us, may you respond with all the other fruits of the Spirit as well, with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. God, may those be the results of our time spent with you, our request to you, our life with you, Lord God. May it spill out of us and may it be sweet. May it be something, an explosion that happens in the world around us, that changes us, May it change the world around us and may God, we do something unthinkable that we have the power to change the world by using something as simple as gentleness. God, be that in us and may it change and transform us, our lives, our friends, our family and the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, great word. Yeah, I pray that you are influential, and that you are strong, and I pray you have the wisdom and the humility to wield that power uh, in a way that honors God. Um, listen, every week there are snacks up here. There is a jump on the inflatable right here every week, and this week um, half of you are going to go to pizza for lunch, and there's somebody around you that wants to go with you. So um, I want to appreciate Ellis for everything you did. If you're a guest today, if you want to hang out, I'd love to meet you and just say hi if you have some time to do that as well, all right? Enjoy this beautiful, wonderful, sunny week in the Lord, all right? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God bless you. Have a great week.